Hey, welcome back, everybody. I mean, welcome back, everybody. I'm Batman. Sorry about that. Uh, we happen to be joined by Batman today, which if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see because of the 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 bat mask thing. If you're not watching the video, then you're not going to see that. Um, I actually think I'm going to... I think I might want to do some different intro music this time. Here, let's see if we can... We're going we're gonna to do some different intro music. Hang on one sec. Let's see how the guider does for us. Headphone cord just got caught. Okay. So I think for some good... Oh, I don't like that. Is it getting cut off? I don't like the sound of that. Never mind. We're going to... I don't know what's happening with the guitar. It might not have worked. That might have been fuzzy for you. Anyway, and I'm actually sick of this. This Batman thing is hurting my head, so I'm going to take the mask off real quick. It's kind of ridiculous that I'm doing this anyway. Put that back up where it belongs. Plus, then I can put my glasses back on, which means I can I can see things now. All right. So, sorry about that delay. Um... Welcome back. This is episode 11 of the podcast. Today, uh, some things are going to happen. Several several individual things are going to happen. First of all, I'm going to be snacking on these little Toll House cookies and Nutella. So you're going to have to just kind of bear with me as I chew on these things because they are delicious. But also... We're going to talk about some stuff. Um, a lot of things have been going around the last couple of days, and um, I wanted to talk about some of them, maybe even all of them. First thing is, I'm excited. <laughs> Seems like every two or three episodes, I completely changed my setup. Um, but this time I changed it again. Oh, and you know what? Actually, I can do. Check this out. I'm going to grab this camera because it's mobile, somewhat mobile. I'm going to, uh, there we go. I'm just going to show you, okay? So first of all, you'll notice I'm using nicer mics. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, these are the Shure um, SM7Bs, kind of the industry standard um, for mics. This is what, well, I mean, honestly, this is what Joe Rogan uses, which is why I got it. Kind of a Joe Rogan fanboy. Um, I also got a sweet mixer because these are analog mics, which I'm excited about, a recording device, uh, this guy down here is going to be awesome because that means that if the computer, ding, if the computer doesn't record everything correctly, then uh, I stop the audio. And I'm also recording from this iPad here the video just in case we lose the video stream. I'm I'm all kinds of like <laughs> I feel like the zombie the apocalypse is coming and I'd have to be prepared. So I also have I have two extra mics. You can see one, two, and what I've done is I've actually cordoned off the room. So let me just turn this around and show you. See back there, that used to be where my bed was. It actually, the bed's still back there, but it's now back behind that curtain. And the idea is I kind of wanted to create a separate space for sleeping and for working. So this is kind of the desk. I've got my computer here with everything. I'm super excited about it. Let me move some of this stuff around. Set this camera back so you don't have 
Anyway, so I'm uh, I'm excited about that first of all because I think there's it's going to up the production quality. These mics are amazing, by the way. They're expensive. It's all get out, but it's going to be fun. I actually also getting the new mics inspired me to release um, to do some cool stuff with the Infusionsoft community, which I'm going to start doing uh, this week. Probably tomorrow actually is going to be the first one. Um, so if you're part of that community and you listen to this. Get excited because things are happening. Um, anyway, so that's basically the new setup and stuff that I'm excited about. Um, the stuff kind of that's been happening in the news the last couple of days that have, has interested me. Um, I've been discussing – well, I've been watching the discussion, the pol- political discussion, um, the whole Trump versus Hillary thing. And there's been some interesting rhetoric on both sides that I kind of wanted to talk about. And not only that, but there's also been some – Interesting. Well, there's just an interesting thought that ties in, I think, to the political question. And so I kind of want to tie everything together. So um, I'll go ahead and start out talking about the political thing, because I think that's going to be what people are more interested in hearing about. Well, the three of you go the three of you, by the way, that that actually listen to this. But um, uh, it's very interesting as you look at the two sides. And, and I'm I've been looking at this from a purely outside perspective okay i haven't really been involved i haven't listened to any of the debates i haven't um i haven't really read any of the speeches i haven't really i mean i haven't really done my homework so to speak so i'm coming at this from a from a somewhat ignorant perspective um but i'm just sort of observing the effects so there's uh, on, on one side um you can observe something that's happening and you can you can make um, judgments and you can make observations based on what, what's actually happening, right? So that's, that's doing your homework. You actually go in and you do the research and you read, okay, this is what this person's saying and this is what this other person's saying and this is how they stack up. But then there's also being able – there's also observing the outcome, right? So the fruits, so to speak, of, of what people are saying. So what I'm talking about is um, you can see the outcome of – what both Hillary and Donald Trumpsky are saying and doing in how people are reacting to it, right? So I'm just watching my Facebook feed, and I'm watching my ultra-conservative friends support Trump. I'm watching my ultra-liberal friends hate on Trump and kind of support Hillary. And I'm watching every a couple of people hard, like really, really support Hillary. Um, there tends to be a feminist support for Hillary, kind of a blind support for Hillary. but And then there's this new wave like – moderate. Uh, I don't really like either choice, so I'm going to go with this third guy, this Gary Johnson guy. Um, and from the outside, this is, what, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a guy in Donald Trump who, like I said before, I said this in the last episode, Donald Trump's not a dumb guy. Okay? He, he can't be. The, the marketplace does not reward stupidity, okay? and he has been rewarded by the marketplace in droves. Right? He's a rich guy. Um, so not only is he being rewarded by the marketplace for his intelligence, but also uh, because he's not beholden to anybody, because he's not a poli- he's not a politician, he's a businessman. That's kind of that's kind of been his running his platform the whole time. I see him coming into this not as trying to win at the game that's being played, but rather trying to subvert the game itself. Right. So he's coming in, and I think he's kind of just making fun of politics in general saying, look, 
I'm this rich guy. I'm going to come in. I'm going to do your job better than you guys can do it in a, in a totally different way, but I'm going to do it better. Um, which is, is interesting to say the least. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, so he's coming in, stepping in, breaking all the rules of politics, um, getting in people's faces, making fun of people, um, making jokes at people's expense, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and a lot of people don't like him because some of the things he says are, seem to be fairly ignorant. And I'll even go so far as to say some of the things he says are pretty ignorant, right? Um, but the, see, it seems to me like the grand – and again, this is just from the outside, from how people are reacting to it. It seems like most of what he's doing is just – he's just being a troll. He's a political troll. That's essentially that's, – that's pretty much all that he's doing right now. It's just trolling everybody, trying to get um, – to get a, a rise out of people. He's trying to get more, uh, more airtime essentially. And it seems like he's doing a really good job, right? So, so first of all, you've got the, um, the fact that he's, he's just kind of come in and blundered through, he's not taking any money. And like the, the early, um, again, I didn't watch the actual debates, but I heard a lot of people's commentary on it. The, the early debates where he would, he was just basically making fun of everybody else. The whole time. <laughs> wasn't really saying anything of substance, but he was just making fun of everybody else. Now, I don't really like people that aren't – that don't have any substance. But if somebody can get through and become the Republican nominee without actually saying anything, I mean that says something about the political system at the very least, right? You can talk about the Republican Party, all these different types of things. But at the very least, it says something about the political system if someone like that can actually get into power. And by into power, I mean can become the, the nominee. Um but uh, but then there's even more, like there's even more, right? You hear some of his speeches and he's, he's saying these outlandish things in some of his speeches like, well, sometimes people need to be roughed up a little bit and sometimes X and sometimes Y and we need to do this and we need to, you know, like these, there's things, you know, we're going to build a wall and we're going to make Mexico pay for it. It's like, well, I don't really know if that's the way it works, but he said it. Nobody's been saying it. And I think he knew and continues – I think he knows now that, that the rhetoric that he's using is incredibly effective with his with – with who he's going after. I mean he's not going after um, the people that are like open the borders. He, he's very, very specific in, in, his, um, in his target demographic so to speak because we – I mean we use the business term because that's – he's a businessman. He's very, very clear in who he's going after, and he's doing a really good job of speaking to those people, um, which I think is, <laughs> I think is just it's brilliant. Uh, you know, say what you will about the about what will happen if he becomes president. Say what you will about what you think about him personally. All this other stuff. When it comes to his tactics for right now, for what he's trying to do, and what he's been able to accomplish without really doing anything political, like political, politically, he hasn't really done anything. He's just said, I'm going to build a wall, and that's it. And in truth, in, in fairness to him, he, there's a lot of things that he's accused of having said that he didn't actually say, a lot of things that he's accused of having intended, which he didn't actually intend. Um, the thing about all Mexicans being rapists, he said, no. He was, he, I mean, what he said wasn't, wasn't, wasn't not true, right? He wasn't wrong in anything that he said. Now, he's been wrong in a lot of things he said, but the, the Mexicans thing, he he wasn't, and ha- being from Arizona, I know how uh, how some of that works. Um, I say from Arizona because we have a lot of legal immigrants that come across the border and live in live up where I grew up, 
um, which is you know it's fine. You learn to live with the. It's just part of part of what you're doing. But anyway, the stuff that he said is not wrong. Um, and then, and then his wife gives a speech that exactly copies, like almost verbatim. I, you all have heard of this, right? You all know about this. The speech that 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 uh, it tripped me out when I watched the. I did watch uh, where they did the. They took um, uh, what's her face, um, Michelle Obama's voice with Melania's um, face, and you can and it, like it synced up perfectly. It was oh my goodness, it was amazing. Um, absolutely incredible, right? Uh, and then even after that, having you know, then there's a there's a speechwriter, an under an underling speechwriter who takes credit for that or takes the blame for that. But really, he's just taking credit for it. And then I don't actually know if he left the campaign or, or what they did with him. But now he's no longer there. And then, <laughs> and, okay, so this is probably the one that, that that creeps me out the most. He so there's a Simpsons episode from I don't know when from you know quite a while ago where they predict that Donald Trump becomes president, and it's this you just you have to see it. In fact, I wonder if I can pull it up and show it. Maybe not. I probably have copyright issues. I can put a link to it. But there's this scene where they, in The Simpsons, it shows Donald Trump going down an escalator as president. And he's like, he like waves and he does this thumbs up thing. Okay. And then they show Donald Trump in this mall. And he, he <laughs> I'm not joking to you at all when I say it's literally the exact same thing. He does the wave and the thumbs up. And there's even this little sign that falls Right there's, this, there's he like goes down this escalator and there's people up in the top, and you see this sign fall and it's the same thing that happens in the Simpsons episode, and that to me screams of uh, that that was contrived that he did that on purpose. I mean it can't be that. I mean you can't have these this many coincidences that particularly like a wave and then a thumbs up like he saw that episode. He's a smart guy and he thought you know it would be funny. Let's just remake that episode. He's got the money to do it. He's just like let's remake let's remake that part of it and let's see if people figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's insane. It's insane what he's been able to do. In my in, in my opinion, I think that I think it's pretty clear. In my opinion, I think he all this all this like dumb Trump stuff. I think he's. I think it's all just an act. Sorry, I just took another bite of the the crackers and then tell it. And it is so good. Um. So yeah, so I think I think his whole camp- campaign, I think a lot of what he's doing has been pretty contrived. Pretty, it's pretty controlled. It's pretty, um, pretty set the way he's he's approaching it, and it and it just feels to me like like he's just trolling. He just wants us to. He just. He's just saying, "Hey, you guys are idiots. Check this out." So, I've already d- said my bit about if he gets elected. Um, do I think that he'll do a good job? Absolutely, I do. Um, do I think he he'll be surprised by a lot of things? Yes. Do I think that everything will be the way that he thought? No. Do I think that he's gonna he's gonna have to change some policies and change some of the way he does things? Yeah, absolutely. But do I think that he's doing going to do a terrible job? Absolutely not. And again, I, I believe it's because, like I said in, in the last episode, episode 10, 
um, the the White House, the country is not run from a podium. The country is not run from a debate. The country is won in a boardroom, literally. And there there are few people who are as tied with, who are as as associated with boardrooms as Donald Trump is. And I mean, he's a successful, successful businessman, so he's all about the boardroom. So I think, all things aside, I think that it would be. I think he probably would come out of it, and it would, he would probably say something like, "Wow, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be." But I think that, given the fact that he knows how to interact with advisors, he knows how to do, he knows how to take advice, he knows how to, he knows how to let experts do their job. I think he would do fine. Um, now, are a lot of the things that he's saying ridiculous? Yes, but I think he's saying those things on purpose. I think he's trying to see how broken. I think he's so far beyond the way that we think about things. His mindset is on such a different level in terms of uh, real-world issues and problems that I don't think he thinks the same way that we do. So when it comes to some of the things that he's saying, uh, they seem stupid to us, and they might be stupid, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be a good leader. Now, the same thing was said, right? The same exact thing could be said about Hitler, about Stalin, about all these different things. Great leaders. Putin right now is a great leader uh, that's not doing good things, right? But again, Teddy Roosevelt was a good leader. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a good leader, right? So you've, you've got arguments for both sides. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it would be the end of the... Honestly, here's the thing. All Republicans thought it was going to be the end of the world when Obama got elected. When all, and Democrats thought it was going to be the end of the world when George W. Bush got elected for the second time, right? And it, some things changed. There was a little bit of a recession. Um, and I can't speak for everybody because I was out of the country for a good portion of that. But it, honestly, I haven't even felt really the effects. I haven't really seen that much change, except the political rhetoric has shifted a little bit. Like, I haven't really noticed much in a shift of, uh, in the economy or th- you know, things like that. Now, again, I'm speaking from my perspective, and I don't have the same perspective as everybody. So there are the, some people that the economy might have hit harder, and you know, Obama's and Obamacare might have affected more. I'm not a huge fan of it in theory um, and, and on principle, but on, you know, in, actu- in, in practice, it's not the worst thing ever, I guess. I mean, I'm like, I'm fine. That's, I think that's the big thing is that of all the, I remember the night, I remember the night of the elections, November, whatever, 21st, 14th or whatever it is, 2000 and that would have been 2012 or whatever. Yeah. 2012 when he got elected for the second time. Uh, I was sitting in a hotel room, and I remember just my heart sinking and just being like, ah, this is so bad, such such terrible news. And then I thought to myself, is it really, though? Like, what, what really just happened? What changed just now? Not really much. And I think, I think the fact that our political system is such so hard to move is a good thing because it keeps everything stable. So even if we get crazies in office, people that seem to be weird in office, like it ends up evening itself out in the long run, right? So... All things being said, all things being equal, I think at the end of the day, Donald Trump's not going to be – well, actually, at the end of the day, the, the results of this election aren't really going to affect that much for me personally. Okay, That might have been a pretty pompous thing for me to say, but it's the truth. That's, that's how I think. Um, now, let's flip, let's flip over and talk about Hillary. So I love I, – and I have – I've loved this from the very beginning. I love how obsessed the Republican Party is – 
with the email scandal. I love how there everything is everything is so focused on the fact that she's a criminal and that she should go to jail uh, because she was because she leaked some documents or whatever. I would ask you to seriously consider whether you actually honestly think that any politician and every politician hasn't engaged in some sort of corruption, some sort of illegal behaviors. I think that it comes with the territory. And at the end of the day, I read a great article today, which was kind of satire. It was somebody saying, you know, from the perspective, allegedly from the perspective of Hillary Clinton saying, look, of all the people on the, on the ticket right now, of all the people running for president, I am the best at it. Being president is a political thing. It's not a, it's not a power thing. It's not, uh, can you run a boardroom very well? It's, it's, can you be a politician? And to her credit, Hillary Clinton is an amazing politician. Okay. What, what, no matter what else you say about her, she's been around politics for way longer than anybody else. She's been in more high level positions than anybody else on the, that's running right now. And she just has the experience, the network. You know, I think that when it comes down to it, in terms of being a good president, under the definition of president as we've had it so far, she's the most qualified. Um, and at the end of the day, she's probably probably the best choice of the choices that we have for someone to be a president, based on the criteria of you know, based on what a president is, what a president has to do, right? I mean, when it comes down to it, like. I probably should have come up with a good metaphor before beforehand, but the idea is I think sometimes we can sometimes it's okay to overlook certain small things for the sake of the overall good that something can do. I would point you to any of the any of the major Christian churches, the Catholic Church, for example, the Mormon Church, any of the Protestant churches. You think about some of the stuff that's been done in the name of religion. Any any church actually, this is that's a very Republican thing, Christianity, right? And I'm not knocking on Christianity, but I'm thinking, okay, well, let's look back, let's make a good comparison here. What's all the good that's been done by some of the people, people and organizations that have also committed some of the world's worst atrocities? Right? We take a little bit of good, we take a little bit of bad, or rather, we'll take a little bit of bad to get at the good, right? So I think the argument that this, that, that seems like their entire argument. The Republican Party's entire argument against Hillary is that she leaked some some documents. Now, should she pay for what she did? Yeah. In in a theoretical world, should everybody pay for every crime they commit? Yes. But also in a theoretical world, do we let do we let gangsters go free if they if they flip on their bosses? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do we do we let people go? Do we let small small you know pawns in a large criminal organization go? in order to get at the, the, the bigger ones? Yeah, and do we all love that? Of course we do. Of course we do. So, so I think that it's not, you know, it's not like, it's not like we're, we're um, pure and clean. It's not like we haven't already delved into that, that area of the world, if that makes sense. It's not like we haven't already, um, it's not like in every other part of our lives we don't, um, Accept the fact that sometimes we have to we make exceptions for rules, right? So I just think it's funny that they're so that's like they that's like the the, the their big um, anti-Hillary thing. Oh, she's a criminal. 
Yeah, I'm almost positive that Donald Trump's broken a few laws, too. And I'm almost positive that Obama's broken a few laws and George Bush broke a few. Oh, oh, speaking of which, we know that George W. Bush uh, smoked pot in college, did drugs in college. That's illegal. And we're allowing him to be president. Now, I understand that leaking classified documents is a federal crime. It's a different, it's a different thing. I'm not that naive. But I just mean there's such a double standard. And, and I love how that's their main argument against Hillary is that she's crooked. Politicians are crooked. Like, get used to it. That's actually the one, honestly, that's the one thing that Donald has, in theory, that Donald has over Hillary is that he's not a politician, which means he can't, you can't assume that he's crooked. Now, he's in real estate, which means you can assume he's crooked for a different reason, <laughs> because he's in real estate. But it's not so much that, um, it's not so much, I think, it's not quite so cut and dry, I don't think. So, I think that, I think that my, my, excuse me, I think that in my estimation, Trump is the, is the candidate of anti-political change. And Hillary is probably the, politically, she's probably the smart choice. Gary Johnson is literally running on, well, you don't like either of those guys, so vote for me instead. That's, that's literally his only thing right now that he has to run on, which I think is weak. See, he might have some, some programs that people might like. He's a libertarian, so he, he's, he's appealing to that, that part of the, of the country. And I think more and more people are leaning libertarian. But I, but I still think it's interesting. He, I, I don't think he has much of a platform to run on. Now, again, I haven't done the research, so what do I know? But just, just from... from from third-hand reading of what's going on, how people are reacting to everything. Um, it's going to be interesting. Actually, you know what? The thing that, that I'm going to find the most interesting about this election is not the result, because honestly, in my opinion, I'm, I'd be okay with either of them. I'm, I don't really like either choice. Um, I don't like continuing corrupt politicians. But at the same time, corrupt politicians, because of because of... Where we are as a country, corruption is part of the game. And although it's wrong, and in theory, I, in, on paper, I don't like it, and I wish we could get rid of it. The problem is, right now, we're in a place where, what if we, what if we do try and get rid of it? Like, I don't really know what would happen. Uh, I don't know what the consequences would be, right? So I think for me, it's a matter of, of security. I'm thinking, well, status quo, this is how it is. Um, she's really good at playing the game as it is. So let's go with it. Versus Trump, who, who in theory, again, is, is coming in under the guise of, oh, well, I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to play by those rules. I'm going to play by the rules of what's right and what's wrong, what's good for the country. Uh, but we don't have really any benchmark to know how that's going to go. We do know that in history, people that have come in and said stuff like that have ended up causing, they've ended up letting the power go to their heads. Right, we do have that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen again with Trump, but that's part of the fears. You don't, you don't want to. I mean, do you want to risk um, an autocracy? Do you know what I mean? Do we want to? Do we want to risk him taking over and and running the the country that way? Like, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, we don't know. So, anyway, at the end of the day, I'm that's that's where I'm at. I'm not I'm not super. Um, 
I'm not super gung ho either way, but I'm, I, I won't hate either either choice. I don't like Gary Johnson though, and the only reason I don't like Gary Johnson is because he seems weak. I don't like weak. He seems like a weasel that's kind of just inserted himself, and he's taking it really. He's taking advantage of a situation. He saw a market and jumped on it, um, but he's not running. He he wouldn't have run if so many people didn't like Hillary and Trump. That's that's the thing. He doesn't feel strongly enough in himself to run on his own merit. He's got to run based on, oh, well, hang on, hang on. These You don't like them, so how about me? I don't like that. Um, so that's that's kind of how that is. So anyway, so that's that's kind of that's my my current take on the on the political sphere. Um, and again, I don't I didn't really do any research, so it's it's just my opinion. But. Um, but I think it's very interesting. And one of these, I really got to get somebody in here to bounce these ideas off of, because usually what happens is I'll, I'll spew these ideas into the podcast and then I'll go kind of try and regurgitate them again in a conversation with somebody. And then someone will bring up a really good point. I'm like, Oh, I wish someone had brought that up on the podcast. Cause then I could, we could have a conversation anyway. So we're going to have, I'll have some people on here soon. I'm going to get Dennis back in here. Dennis just started a new job yesterday. So he's going to, he's kind of occupied, so to speak with that. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is something that's kind of been brewing in my mind for several years, and I kind of want to just kind of, I want to go talk about it for a bit. I got about, I don't want to go much longer than about an hour, so I'll probably get, we're at 30 minutes now. So I think I'll go, I'll just chat about it for like 30 minutes or so, and then maybe we'll just make it a continuing theme. This is one that I really would like to talk with someone else about because I, I love getting other people's opinions because this is, this can be somewhat divisive. Because um, it has to do with something that we all deal with every day, which is language. Okay. Uh, actually, at this point, what I'm going to do is we're going to do a little commercial break. And by commercial break, I mean I'm going to play some stuff on the piano. Oh. Never mind. It's off. It's, it would take too long to turn it on. Um, commercial break, commercial break, commercial break. That's our commercial break. So let's talk about language. So I've, uh, if you have known me for a while, um, you know that I have, you might know, that I have issues with language, with spoken language. Um, and there's a lot that goes into this. So I'm going to try. I haven't really organized this on paper, so I don't know how this is going to come out. So bear with me <laughs> while we figure it out. Um, language is our way of interpreting and communicating emotion one with another, right? So this, it's, it's the human way. Two humans decided, oh, you know what? I have this feeling, and I want this other person to relate to the feeling that I have. So I'm going to come up with a word, and we're going to kind of assume that when I say this word, I'm referring to this thing, and we're going to use shared experience to ensure that when I use the word, it means the same thing in your head as what it means in my head. Now, the problem is we don't actually share a collective consciousness. So when I say the word hate or the word love, it doesn't actually at its core mean the same thing as it does when you say, whoever you are, when you say hate, love, like, abhor, right? Any of those things. <laughs> okay, we got to pause for a second. <laughs> This is hilarious. Okay, so I tried to install these um, these soundproof tiles 
I wanted to put them, you can see over here, they've kind of started to fall down. I, uh, I wanted to install these tiles to, to dampen the room a little bit more and cause they look cool, mostly cause they look cool, but also to dampen the room a little bit more. And, uh, so, so I, I put them, um, up on the wall with this little adhesive spray, <laughs> but they don't stick. They don't stay. So I've probably stuck them up there four or five times. And in the middle of the night, they'll all just like fall off piece by piece and another piece just fell down. So I might have to tack them up there or something. We'll see. Um, oh, hang on. Let me text this guy back real quick. So anyway, like I was saying, language language is hard because you because you um, we don't share the same we don't share the same meanings, like the, the absolute same meanings. When I say love, I'm describing a feeling or an emotion that is unique to me in, 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 in absolute terms. When I say the word love, I'm, I'm specifically referring to how, what I feel. And I'm not referring to the way that anybody else feels. Okay. So even when I say, when I describe somebody else as having the, the traits and the, and the qualities of love, that person loves that person, right? My mom loves dad. What I'm actually saying is, Mom exhibits qualities that lead me to believe that what she feels for dad is similar to or exactly like what I feel when I say I love, right? Which is very complicated. And it's hard because it really, what that means is we, we, can't, we, don't, we can't really describe, we can't in absolute terms really describe anybody else because it's not accurate, right? Because when I say I love you, I might mean something that's different than what you mean when you say you love me, right? Love to some might be influenced by a few too many rom-coms. Love might be influenced by a bad relationship, a bad, bad, you know, parents that had, that got divorced or, um, if you've been divorced yourself, right? Any of that kind of stuff, it, it might come from a different place. And so love, when I say I love you, it might mean more than when you say you love me, which means if I, if it takes, so say, for example, I've set a bar where of 10, let's say out of 10, I have to achieve like a, an eight out of 10 feeling before I'll say, I love you. Right. And you have to achieve your threshold, maybe a little bit lower based on your own experiences for whatever reason. And you might say, start saying you love somebody at like a five. Okay. So now when I say, I love you, what you think in your head is, oh, he's at about a five out of 10. But what I think in my head is, oh, I'm at about an 8 out of 10. And so then when you say you love me, I'm thinking you're at an 8, whereas you're thinking you're at a 5. So I'm at an 8 and you're at a 5. There's a, dis- there's, there's a disconnect there. Um, same thing has – it's the same thing with, with uh, taste, the same thing with describing – You know, I think love is the most universally – that's the easiest one for me to – to use as an example because it's one we use all the time. And I think anybody who's been in a relationship before can understand the, the differences between the two. You know, like when – I wonder if this makes a difference if I'm talking into it this way. It probably does. Maybe not. I don't know. It is a condenser mic, so who knows? Um, the thing with love is that so many people can relate to it, relate to the fact that it's different. That's why there's a thing called like the love languages. Some people when they, when they say or when they feel I love for somebody – it's actually just their reaction to the way the other person is treating them. So if I say, in some instances, I have, let's say I have a girlfriend and I say, I love you to the girlfriend. 
uh, in, for a lot of the for a lot of people that that I love you is actually just a reaction to the way she treats me. Let's say if I, for example, let's say I'm a words of affirmation person, right? And if she gives me words of affirmation, my response, my emotion, my emotional response is going to be something that I'm going to equate with the word love, regardless of whether it 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 matches up with the actual definition of love in some instances. Now, I'm not saying that everybody just chooses to say they love somebody when they make them feel good, but I but I wouldn't. I I honestly think that it happens a lot. I think that people say I love you. And what they, what they might mean to say is, I really appreciate when you treat me that way, right? Um, or I really like it when you do this. And so they say love because that's, that's the word that, that close, the most closely, according to the definition that we've, that we've established as a society, that's the word that most closely is associated with the feeling that they think they're feeling, right? Do you, do you see how... The, I've long said that word that you, language is useless; it's meaningless, and it's because there's all this nuance to the way that the way that things are said, the way that things are understood. For example, here's a here's a this is a this is a good one, and I, I hope you can follow me on this one. So let's say I'm standing in a courtyard, right, big courtyard, and I look across the courtyard, and I see what looks like to me looks like a friend of mine. We'll call him John. Okay, so I think I see John over there, okay? So I've got a friend with me. Let's say my friend's name is Bob. I turn to Bob and I say, hey, look, it's John, right? And I start talking about John. I say, hey, it's John. You know, he, I talked to him yesterday. He's a cool guy. Uh, we go, we play tennis together, something random like that, right? So Bob now looks over and he sees what I see. He sees what I'm, in, what I'm referring to. And he says, that's not Bob. That's not John. That's a tree, Okay, so so now we have this disjointed, this disjointed understanding of what's going on. So I'm still talking about John, the person that I the person that I know, but the thing that I'm referring to, and I'm assuming is John, is actually a tree. And let's assume Bob is right, and it's actually a tree. Okay, so I wasn't actually talking about the tree; I was talking about John, but I was referring to the tree. Now we can still have a conversation. Because the the human mind and we've adapted to the point where we can we can make that um, we can make that connection, right? Uh, where I'm talking to Bob and I'm saying, "Hey, look, it's John," and he's like, "Oh, that's not a tree." But let's keep talking about John, right? It's not like it's going to throw off the conversation because he knows that the thing that I'm referring to isn't the person that I think that I'm referring to, right? But um, but the thing that's the thing that's crazy about it is technically, if I'm talking about John. Uh, and I'm referring to a tree. There's a disjointed. That's it's disjointed. Like the the language itself is messed up, right? Um, so, so Bob and I have this conversation. We talk about John. The tree is still there. We walk a little bit closer, and let's say now the the paradigm shifts a little bit. And I had a, I had agreed with him. Oh, you're right. That is a tree. Uh, we're far enough away to where it's not it's not entirely decipherable. Like we're kind of guessing, but we just were like, oh no, that looks more like a tree. We walk a little bit closer, and it turns out it is John. All right. So now we've gone now the, the just the conversation has gone this is how much it's changed in the in that 5 minute span. It started out with me referring to John, pointing at John and talking about John. Right? Then it changed to me referring to John, pointing to a tree, talking about John. 
to Bob, to Bob, and then it went back to me talking about John, referring to a tree, pointing at John. Right, so <laughs> you can see all this, all this stuff based on context and based on perspective. It changes, it shifts, and that's the same thing when we when we when we use, especially when we describe emotion. It's easier to see and to make distinctions when we're talking about people or things. Right? Oh, look, that is a brown tile. Right? Oh, wait, no, sorry, the light was weird. It actually is black. Oh, wait, no, the light was weird again. No, it's actually blue. Right? That's a thing. It has objective properties, and we can see it. When it comes to emotions, you can't see or touch those things. So the only way we have of describing emotions is by getting together as people and deciding collectively, when you feel that thing, is it like, does it, does it feel like this? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I feel that thing, it feels kind of like this. Let's come up with a name for that thing that we share, that we think we share, that seems to be the same. So we come up with words like love and adore and appreciate and, uh, and, and hate and dislike and things like that to describe uh, what we think are shared experiences, shared emotions. The unfortunate thing is that um, we don't ever f- – we, we can't know that we actually are sharing the same emotions because we can't step into somebody else's emotions. I don't actually know how to say that. I can't experience your emotions. I can experience my emotions, uh, and we can talk about our emotions, and we can find similarities in the emotions that we have. But at the end of the day, if I say I love you, it literally means something different than if you say it back to me. And so it's very important as we're going through our day-to-day lives that when we speak and we have conversations, this, is, this I think is why it's – this is at the core of why it's so important to listen because not only are you listening to the words that somebody's saying, you have to decipher what they mean by what they're saying because they might use the same words as you do. They might say the same exact sentence with the same inflection, but mean something differently. And it all is based on their, it's the context, right? So they, so, so this other person might've had a different experience around hate or love. And so they have a different intensity around it. So they might say the same things. I absolutely hate that, but it means something different than when you say, I absolutely hate that. So in a conversation, the reason why I think language is messed up is because most of the time we take the, we take the statements that people make at face value. And, and what I mean by that is you say I love you and I translate that into, oh, when I say I love you, this is what I mean. Therefore, this is what this person means. They, they mean the same thing as what I would mean if I said it. I can't tell you how many times this has gotten me into trouble. People will say things and if I was to say those things, I would mean it maliciously. But they don't mean it maliciously. But I attribute them as having meant it maliciously. So now I'm in a fight with somebody who's not in a fight with me. <laughs> right? How many times have you found yourself in that situation where you think, you know, you think somebody has, has said something and meant it a certain way, but they didn't mean it that way because they have different experiences. They're coming from a different standpoint. Right? They have a different, they have a different view on life. Um. I think, I mean, that happens in relationships all the time. I know in my marriage, that was one of the things, probably one of the things that sowed the most seeds of discontent over the course of the six years of our marriage was the fact that both of us, <clears throat> both of us, I don't think purposely, but naively refused to see things from the other person's perspective. 
in in the way that I'm that I'm that I'm that I'm talking about. Like we refuse to really understand. Oh, when you say "I love you," it means this. Well, when I say it, I mean something else. So that's fine, but you have to understand the way that people speak when they speak. So I think uh, the the main point of what I'm trying to get at here is that when you're when you're having a, a conversation. There's more to it than just what you say and what they say. Um, it's it's really on you. In order to have a, a real conversation to really communicate with anybody, it's on the person that's receiving the communication to understand the context that's given um, in in the speech, and then translate it into into the right, um, and then use basically use that as a as a reference point. Now that's in theory. In theory, it seems like it would be. I, I in theory, it seems like it would be important. You could just say whatever you needed to say. It's just more. It's easier that way. There's less. There's less effort involved. Everybody just speaks, and then the person that's listening uh, is is has the onus of responsibility to understand. Right there's the there's the there's the speaking, and then there's the understanding. And communication doesn't actually happen until something that has been spoken has been understood. And and I think that in order for communication to actually happen, the understanding needs to be not only accurate but but true, right? So you not only do you need to know the words, so I should I should say the understanding needs to not only be technical but true, meaning you not only need to understand all of the words that the other person is speaking, but you need to understand why, how they're using them, and the context in which they're using them. Because in order for you to respond accurately to a statement that's made by somebody else, uh, you have to be able to understand what they said first. Otherwise, you're just talking at each other. You're not really understanding anything that's happening. So I think it's important that everybody do a, a better job of understanding what other people are saying to them and where they're coming from because we just, we're just, we're just kind of dumb about that. Now, that's in theory, and that's all well and good in theory to say, oh, everybody who's listening should do a better job of understanding. Well, I fully well understand that there's probably at most 3% of the, of the world's population who's, who's emotionally, mentally, and, and, and intelligently capable of, of doing that kind of mental exercise. And I don't mean that as a dig. I just mean not everybody has the emotional time. They don't have the energy to go through that, which is why we came up with language in the beginning. I mean, you look at animals. Animals don't speak using words, but they talk to each other. They communicate. Dogs talk to each other. Dogs talk to humans. You just, have to, you just have to understand the way they speak. And it's important. I said this before. It's important to understand that when dogs look at you with those big eyes, they're not doing it the same way that a human would look at you with those big eyes. Humans look at you with those big eyes. They're begging. They're sad. Oh, hmm. Right? Dogs do it. It's a dominance play. That's how dogs communicate. When they, when they look at you with those eyes, it's, it's a stare down. That's what, that's what it is. It's not the same as what you think it is. So there's this whole – there's this breakdown in communication between humans and dogs in the same way that there's a breakdown in communication between humans and humans. There's no breakdowns in communication between dogs and dogs because they understand. They, they speak in pure pheromones or whatever it is. They speak in, in pure emotion, right? I don't think dogs emote the same way that humans do. But, um, but when they communicate with each other, they do it based on – like they just know. There's no language to second guess the intention behind what people are saying. Now, um, like I said, because it's not likely that the entire population of the earth is going to immediately start 
uh, putting in the work to understand what everybody else is saying, right? This whole thing that I'm talking about. Um, and it's also not very likely that we're going to have the, the converse, which is everybody does a really good job of understanding the context of the person they're talking to and then is very precise in the way that they speak. Meaning, if I know that you, if I, for a dog, for example, uh, it's easy for me to speak a dog's language because I know what the dog's language is. So if I see a dog staring at me like it wants to give me its food, I know what to do. It's not, oh, you're so cute. It's, no, I'm in charge. I'm the big guy. And if a dog stares at me, I stare back until it closes its eyes or looks away. That's the, that's the appropriate thing to do. That's the, that's the, the, as far as canines go, that's the culturally accepted response if you're the alpha, if you want to remain the alpha. If you don't, which is dumb, there's no reason why any human should ever accept a sub-alpha position over a dog. There's no reason for that. But if you are, then go ahead. Keep, keep feeding your dog when they give you those big doe eyes. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, it's, it's, not, it's not also not realistic to think that, that all humans are going to understand enough of the context of the person they're speaking to in order to, to phrase their comments in such a way so that the other person will understand them. So it's, it doesn't make sense for me to expect everybody to do the research enough to be able to know, okay, when, when you say you love me, it means you're an 8 out of 10. So I need to wait until I feel like I'm an 8 out of 10 before I say I love you to you, even though for me, I love you is a 5 out of 10, right? That's also not very realistic because not everybody's going to do that. Now, what I do think is realistic is that there will be a select few people who understand how to speak the languages of, of both sides of a, of a question, of an argument. I think those people are going to find... Uh, a, a larger place in society. I know that, that I, so I have this, I, ha, I don't know if, what, where it comes from. I don't know if it's a philosophical thing or if it's a genetic thing or if it's just the fact that I've learned different languages. I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if it's tied with people who know multiple languages. I don't really have enough research on it to know. But I have a, a skill. Uh, I'll, I won't say it's a gift because I don't think it was given to me. I think it was something that I inadvertently learned. I have the ability to to translate uh, emotions, right? So when I worked, I worked for a, for a guy up here in, in San Diego, and the guy that he, the, the lady that he hired as his CEO, and him spoke fundamentally different languages. They had the hardest time communicating with each other because neither of them was willing to understand the other person's language and speak that language to them. The guy, the, the founder, spoke his language and he spoke it to everyone, and the 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 CEO spoke her language and she spoke it to everyone. And they spoke their own languages to each other. Well, their own languages were incompatible with each other. So they, they, they couldn't communicate. They were always at odds with each other until I came along. And I sat in between them and I said, no, you guys, you guys are just speaking different languages. When, I, when I'd speak with her, I'd be like, no, no, he, that's not what he means. He means ABC. If, if you were to say that to yourself, you would mean this. You would mean what you think you, that he means. That's not what he means. And same thing with, with him. When I would be with him, he would say stuff like, oh, she's just so this and she's so that. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. She's different than you. She speaks different. She thinks different than you do. It's just a different, it's a, it's a different language. When she says this, I know that it means, so she, you know, she says A, I know that it means B to you, but to her it means C. This is what she's actually saying, right? So, so then just translating those things back and forth. And I found that was probably my most important role. I had other things I was doing there, but that was probably my most important role in that company 
was being the go-between between those the two powerhouses of the company. And I think that the more people can understand how to speak, I'll say speak multiple languages, even if it's the same language, even if it's in English or in Spanish or in Russian or whatever, the more people can learn to understand and communicate with different people, people that communicate in different ways, I think that those people are going to have an advantage um, in the coming years. And which is why I think it's like the same thing with this Hillary Trump, the Hillary, 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 Hillary Donald thing, this Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton thing. Um, when you when you break it down and you see what they're actually saying and what they're actually doing, and you don't you don't take their words at face value, you see kind of the the state of affairs. You see it for what it is, which is not really that big of a deal, not really that bad either way, probably not really that great either way, but it's it's not the end of the world. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's super important. I think there's a lot about language that, um, that, that you have to take into consideration when you're communicating with people. And I think just, I think if nothing else, if you can't get to the point where you understand enough of the way the other person speaks or thinks in order to, um, to speak their language or to convert your language into their language first, um, then I think at least you need to have be aware enough, self-aware enough to know that when you say something, it might not mean the same thing as the other person thinks. So if there's if it seems like you're in a conversation and, and like and it's it's confusing to them or or it's getting to be a little bit contentious, the 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 most likely the most likely reason for contention in conversation is miscommunication. In fact, I would say ninety eight ninety nine percent of contention in conversation has to do with miscommunication. What that means is uh, not that you're not communicating well to each other. You are communicating well to each other. You're saying exactly what you mean. She's saying exactly what she means or he or he, you know, whatever it is. Both parties are saying exactly what they mean to each other, but neither party is doing a very good job of understanding what the other person actually means and translating that into into speech that, that they understand. So I think at the end of the day, it's important to 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 know that about language that actually that was almost perfect that like that that got wrapped up with a nice little bow i do really want to have somebody on to talk about that though because i think that's a very important topic um language i think is oh it's so important it's 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 the foundation of everything we don't nothing happens if we can't communicate with each other effectively and i think it's important that we all i think we all should strive to be better communicators and that involves being better listeners, being better understanders, being invested in the other person enough to understand the context of what they're saying and why they might be using specific words, and then not being so tied to specific phraseology. It's important that we not get hung up on the way that somebody phrased something, because they might have phrased it that way for a different reason than you might phrase it that way if you were the one that was doing the phrasing, if that makes sense. So... Um, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got for now. Um, I've got some more stuff that I want to talk about this week, uh, where I'm going to get into a rhythm where I'm going to be releasing probably three episodes per week. Maybe we'll start with two and then we'll add a third one in. Um, I'm thinking probably Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I'll release them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. Anyway, thanks everybody for, uh, for hanging out. Um, I'm excited uh, to keep doing this. I'm excited to have more people on. Um, there is going to be, for those of you that listen that are, that are uh, business contacts of mine, 
meaning we met each other through some business function, marketing function, Infusionsoft, whatever. On Wednesdays, starting tomorrow, Wednesdays at about 1130, I'm going to go live to a Facebook group and do like some Infusionsoft instruction and Q&A. Uh, it's going to be public. It's going to be free. So um, I hope you'll check it out. All I need you to do is there's a little thing on my Facebook page, the 1T Unlimited Facebook page. You just got to go uh, like the page and then go sign up for the for the Facebook group. And then uh, that's all that we really need. So if you want to get into that, actually, the other thing you can do is if, if you need access and you can't find it, you can just send me an email. Brett, B-R-E-T at 1T.com. 1T is spelled W-U-N-N-T-E-E. There, see, there's 1T in 1T. Email is two N's and two E's. <laughs> Uh, Brett, again, that's Brett, B-R-E-T at W-U-N-N-T-E-E dot com. And I will get you all the accesses and such, et cetera, at all dot biz. I got to bounce. The guy wants to call me. I got to get off this recording. But I'll play you out like I always do. What up? Sorry, I kind of screwed up at the end there. But what you going to do about it? Peace out, everybody. See you on the flip side.